Taylor and Vaughn were the oddest of odd couples. This is the story about how Taylor Field and Vaughn McLam, one white, one black, brothers from different mothers, became friends. This special episode of Stories of Hope is written and presented by Taylor. He's the pastor and director of Graffiti Church and Community Ministries on New York's Lower East Side. This is episode 42. Let me tell you about my best friend. Here's Taylor Field. My coworker Vaughn got his name because of a racist incident. This is how he told it. His mom was pregnant with him and about to deliver. So she went into one of the better hospitals in Upper Manhattan. This was in the early 1950s. I can imagine the administrators there informing her that she needed to go to another hospital. They probably didn't say it out loud, but it was clear to them she needed to go to a hospital that dealt with people of color. But Vaughn's mother had the same bulldog persistence that Vaughn eventually had. She simply refused to leave. This created a crisis because the baby was coming, hospital policy or not. Other nurses and hospital workers crowded around, informing Vaughn's mom in the most professional way what she needed to do. Vaughn's mom refused. What kind of courage did it take, I thought, to stand up to a whole system of white resistance at the most critical and vulnerable time in your life. The standoff continued, and the impending birth and labor pains became more urgent. But let me tell you a little bit about Vaughn himself before I tell you the end of the story. Vaughn was a force of nature as he worked with our ministry center in New York City, helping those in need. He even used his own name as a source of challenge. Young volunteers seeking to do good, often from mostly white churches, would come as he gave the orientation. Vaughn was big and strong and, well, he could be intimidating. My name is Vaughn, he would boom out to the young volunteers. Then he would pause, fiercely lock eyes with one of the younger ones and say, in most states... They might not see the twinkle in his eye. It took them a while to realize he was teasing. Then came their nervous but relieved laughter. My sons wanted to be just like Vaughn. As teenagers, they started changing, and they stopped complaining and trying to get out of work in our home. What happened, I asked. I've been vonitized, one of them said. There was his name again, Vonitize. Now the name had become a verb in our family. Vaughn was open about what Christ had done in his life. He had been living in a crack house, angry at the world, and he came to get a sandwich at the ministry center. There was a big line of people stretching across the park. He said he was impressed by how the people giving out the sandwiches were both firm and and kind. He went back to the crack house, and lying on an old mattress, he said that God spoke to him in a still, small voice. The words were simple enough. God said, 
you can do better than this. Vaughn came back to the ministry center, rededicated his life to Christ, and was baptized. He was a natural leader. Soon he was the one leading the handing out of sandwiches in the same park where he used to sleep on a park bench. Vaughn went to city shelters and set up groups where people could talk in a safe environment. He did big jobs at our ministry center, but he was never afraid to do the little jobs either. You may think that what I do is unimportant, he once announced to the church, until you go to the restroom and there is no toilet paper. Fawn's Bible study was an experience, sitting with people who felt broken. It was the honesty that made it special. There's not a sin in the Bible that I have not committed, he would sometimes say. He meant it literally. I would sit across from him and in my mind go down the list of sins in the Bible. Wow. Vaughn seemed so brave and powerful, yet he was also open about his own mental health struggles. Every morning I wake up in total anxiety, he would sometimes say. I wake up soaked in perspiration. It takes all my energy just to get out of bed. But it was in his death that I saw his courage the most. A painful cancer. God is up there with a capital G, he once told me as he lay in the hospital bed. Cancer is down here with a little C. His relationship with his family members was distant and complicated. He asked me to be his health proxy. As an urban pastor with hundreds of people who had medical needs, my normal policy was to refuse. But I couldn't do that with Vaughn. It was different. The last time I saw Vaughn was on a Sunday night. He had had a rough day. Every breath was a mighty effort. He was not talking. I sat with him for a long time in the hospital room. I left around 10 p.m. I learned in the morning that he had died in the night. I like to think that when I die, Vaughn will be one of the first people I meet and that he will greet me with a smile and a manly hug and say, yes, it really is Vaughn. At least that's what they call me in most states. I like to think of that next state of being as a place where there is no more heartache or crime or cancer or racism ever again. I like to think that Vaughn tells me I'm forgiven for all my blindness as a white person to all the hurt he experienced. In this life, even a true friendship has so many layers of complications. Well, let me finish the story of how Vaughn got his name so long ago in the early 1950s in Manhattan. As I said, his mother refused to leave the hospital, where it was assumed that people of color did not come. The angry words got louder and louder and louder. More and more white hospital officials crowded around Vaughn's mom, the only black person there, telling her firmly that she must get treatment at another location. Still, his mom refused to leave. Finally, one doctor, of all the white people in the emergency room, walked by and saw the disturbance. He asked what was going on, and they told him. Of all the white people there, he was the only one, the only one who took a different path.
With authority, he said, put her in this delivery room right here, right now. And he delivered her baby right there, despite all their, quote, policies. And what was that one doctor's name? Dr. Vaughn. That was Taylor Field in New York City. Vaughn McLam passed away in 2015, but you can still see and hear him. Go to sendrelief.org slash mybestfriend and you can watch a video story from 2010 about Taylor and Vaughn and read more about their extraordinary relationship. 40 years of working with the poor, the hungry, and the homeless on Manhattan's Lower East Side taught Taylor important gospel lessons about how to build friendships with different kinds of people. Right now, churches everywhere are looking for direction on how to do that same thing, especially as hard conversations on race seem to be at the top of every newsfeed. Undivided, more than a hashtag, is a Bible study that helps you and your church understand the role God calls his people to play in racial reconciliation. You can download that study for free at namb.net slash undivided. There are men and women and boys and girls in every community who are just like Vaughn. They might not have a place to sleep tonight. They might not have enough food to eat. They might never have heard there's a God who loves and cares for them. You and your church can help meet their needs and share Christ with them. For practical tips on how to get started, go to sendrelief.org. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to Stories of Hope. You'll automatically get a new episode every two weeks. Go to Apple or Spotify Podcasts and search for Stories of Hope. And finally, if you liked what you heard here, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find us and enjoy these stories too. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Stories of Hope.